0: luck on sunday brought to you by whirlpool bet with the world right time for talking points there there are the seven as you can see two minutes on the clock we're going to start with the o'brien juveniles um, we started with uh, city of troy um, Lee, they, once again, going into the, into the season, obviously this was the back referencing the ratings for, for the juveniles, but he's going into the, the three-year-old campaign, as you might expect.
1: Yeah, again, there was no surprise that Equinox was the world champion, nor that City of Troy was the, the highest rated uh, two-year-old of 2023, a mark of uh, 125, doesn't put him at the very highest echelons of juveniles over recent seasons, horses like Frankel. Uh, dream Ahead, and a couple more recently have had higher marks than that, but it's a very, very high mark. He was clearly the, the, the two-year-old champion of the year. Aidan O'Brien also had the, the top filly in Opera Singer. Um, the, 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 the long-term future, or the, 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 the 2024 future for City of Troy, um, is going to be really interesting. Nick interviewed Nick Luck interviewed Aidan on his pod, during the week at, in which Aidan again repeated an ambition for City of Troy uh, to have a potentially have a dual surface campaign. Yes. Uh, so gi- yes, Guineas and Derby. We want. Absolutely, Guineas and Derby, and then perhaps trips to uh, America. Not necessarily a surprise. He is by Justify, so he's got a tremendous dirt influence in his pedigree as well. Um, but connections have also ruminated, particularly Michael Tabor on how much it would be if he could be a Triple Crown candidate and go on to the certain ledger. So uh, the the world is is city of Troy's oyster um, at the moment, Tom, and um, yeah, he's, he's massively exciting, isn't he? Going into
0: would, the wouldn't that be for, for? I think the last horse they ran in the classic might have been Glen Eagles. I might be wrong there, but it, it wasn't an obvious one. But we've mm. got one now. We've got the well, even August
1: Road. I was going to say they might have two. But August as well. You know, that is,
0: that's what that's what I find really, um, you know, lights up the international circuit is when you have a star turf performer go, going and trying to mix it with the best on the dirt. So. Let's yeah. let's hope that happens. Yeah, it um, could
1: do, and so if, if all goes well, and he goes Guineas and Derby, and they happen as they would like, then they could have a they could go jump on national, They could go Travers onto the classic. Yeah, you know. there you
0: go. Uh, right, my BHA U-turn. So this is on. Obviously, um, it, it, it was it was put out that there was a possibility the BHA were going to introduce a rule that a trainer couldn't have more than a certain amount of horses running in handicaps or in any races. I think um, that has been confirmed earlier on this week that that, that any plans have been shelved. What was your take on it, Harry, when it was announced? And, and do you feel that the right sort of position has has been, uh, come to now, that it's certainly been shelved for now anyway?
2: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think, obviously, they're looking at the competitiveness of, of races and racing. And um, I think, I mean, it was very, I don't think the way they went about it in terms of uh, trying to almost penalise, I felt it was penalising the success of of trainers. Um, uh, I mean, I'd love to be in a position to have those number of runners in in those sort of top races, but I don't think you... Would it annoy you, or does does it, uh, you know, I, I guess if you had a...
0: A live grand national candidate say, and and because A Yard was dominating the entries for that race, would you you know would you feel frustration that you might not get to run because of that reason, or do you feel that that is
2: that's fair and just? Well, no, but I think there's other ways of of doing it, and I think. Winning your in races, I think that we should be able to, advocating that rather than limiting numbers of horses to per trainer. Um, I think if you're you're a, a Welsh National winner or um, such a, a beach a chase winner, things like that, I think that would be a better way of guaranteeing that horses um, get into the race like like a Grand National, because I mean, obviously, I mean it. I'm sure the thinking was behind, with obviously the Grand National field, the numbers being reduced Mm. um, this year, that they didn't want half the field, possibly by uh, in the hands of only a couple of trainers. So I think there's there's ways of making these races more competitive without almost uh, that sort of. Restriction on on the trainers that have been successful and have these the, the number of horses that they do but um, And and therefore going about and introducing ways where where horses are guaranteed runs in these races I think would be a better approach Chester
3: Yeah, I think well, I hadn't really thought about it. The winning and System would make and actually it would make races more competitive the, the Grand National. I think this directly related to the Grand National Not really any other race and getting into the national was going to get increasingly hard. Now you're going to need one four seven, one four eight to even be in the race. Um, but actually, if you had some winning, you're in the races, it would make the whole thing more
1: competitive. Penalties, Tom. Penalties. Penalties. So the minute the Grand National is treated differently to to other major handicaps, once the weights come out. There are no penalties. I don't think it makes any sense. If you want to create more interest into the Grand National, you'd have a system where by horse goes in to, say, the Ultima or the Premier Chase at Kelso or the Grimthorpe, and if he wins, he gets a £5 penalty that gets him into the Grand National. You want to have a situation, I think, where the Grand National 34 runners are the best 34 runners on the day in mid-April, not in mid-February.
0: World Racehorse Awards. Uh, R- uh, Roger Verdon, um, suggested afterwards that um as a jurisdiction um perhaps we're just falling behind a, a little bit um what was your take the on the on the world racehorse awards as you said there wasn't a surprise at the top
1: no i mean i think in many ways it was the, the greatest day yet for, for japanese racing um we, we we've heard repeatedly how well japan is doing and it really is they had equinox um, the second time Japan, Japan's had the, the world champion racehorse, but it's the highest rated horse in Japanese history. The Japan Cup was the world's highest rated race for the first time. Four of the top eight races staged in, anywhere in the world in 2023 were staged in Japan. Three of them were won by by Equinox. So it was a huge day for Japan. Roger Varian speaking to my colleague Maddie Plail afterwards. Um, highlighted the the difference between Japan and Britain, how the two jurisdictions are doing at the moment. We all know there are enormous problems uh, over here uh, in terms of prize money and in terms of a talent drain. But there are other ways in which Japan is doing better than us. Um, It's got a tremendously strong governing body. And it's not the BHA's fault that it's not equipped in the same way that the JRA is. The JRA has almost limitless power. But Japan's philosophy in horse racing is better than ours when it comes to to flat racing, Um, not least in the sense that the Japan breeding industry embraces stamina over speed. There's none of this ridiculous idea of a two-year-old going straight to stud or a a mid-ranking three-year-old going off to stud. You you have to be a very good horse to get to stud in Japan. And also, they want horses to be bred for stamina, which, sadly, is why Hookham and Westover have left our part of the world and are now standing outside in japan yeah Ade r are the depth
0: or the, the future yeah uh, of, of stamina which are, are tend to be the world's best racehorses right you, you know Absolutely. you don't tend to have a sprinter at the top of it yeah. it is, is, is it's only heading one way
1: and it's concentrated excellence too they have such a tight uh group one pattern program which means that every group one matters and even in races in which equinox was taking part. There were big double-figure fields. They want to run in those races and they have to run in those races. Uh,
0: The rescheduling module, I feel like every January this this comes to light. You know, we do lose uh, throughout the winter in in the UK, Harry, a a number of races because of the weather. clerks of the courses and teams everywhere will do their utmost as much as they can but sometimes it's not always possible um ask you know we're 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 pretty open about the the reasons why a saturday can't just be shifted to a sunday Uh, ultimately you know it it costs too much money Uh, is it is it frustrating or it's not financially viable is it frustrating on on your part that 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 race days can't simply be be rearranged, or do or do you have sympathy with the organisers? Uh, well, Yeah,
2: I mean, obviously it's frustrating um, when you've made set your stall out for certain races, and 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 I mean, obviously that last weekend um, we lost the Winter Millions completely last year, um, and and ask it that save is just. I mean, you couldn't. So, two years on the trot, we've lost yeah. the same same weekend practically. And um, there's good prize money on offer. And obviously, I mean, that was where we'd hoped to go with Love Envoy last week. So, um, and that was a valuable race. But yeah, no, I mean, you understand the race courses. And as you said, Ascot pointed out financially, but it was So, I mean, it, it's great that they can rearrange some of the, the better races. So, sort the of, Clarence House was saved yesterday. Um, and Doncaster have had some of the other races uh, yesterday and today. So um, it's great that we can save some of the race, but, yeah, it is undoubtedly frustrating, but you can understand where the race will come. Mean, we, we can't expect them to just um, yeah put meetings on and, and run them at a loss when they're putting up the prize money that's on offer.
0: Is there a, is there a solution, Lee, do you think, to, to losing whole cards?
1: Um, not necessarily, no, Tom, no, because... Um, the point Asket made was that if we did stage this card 24 hours later we would it would not be commercially viable for right. us. For some reason some tracks uh, work on Sundays, some tracks don't work on Sundays in terms of they can't pull in, pull in crowds, so whilst we would all love to see a, a good Saturday card just staged 24 hours later, particularly when you know it's going to be 10 degrees warmer or something and the, the meeting will be saved, if it's not commercially viable for the race course to stage that meeting, right. then regrettably it, it won't be staged. And I think we have a, a, a good structure now of identifying races that do need to be, to be saved um, and finding them new homes. So much so that, on this occasion, there was competition between Doncaster and Charlton between the Ark and the Jockey Club, to stage the, the Clarence house chase.
3: I, I mean, obviously, we say, oh, January of the year. I, I, the only thing I think is we could be a tiny bit more proactive no, rather than react, I think we always act. We're always reactive in terms of rescheduling meetings. And actually, if we know there are certain meetings that you know, that, that are too valuable to be lost, we should be pre- almost proactive and sort of thinking: if we if we lose this meeting, and already have a slot for it in the programme. If we lose the initial meeting in January, it's the same sort of every year. It's not. We sort of lose the same, roughly the same meetings every year. So I wonder if Ireland, you see in Ireland, whole day seems to be rearranged. But
0: you know, ultimately, there are fewer days racing there. It's yeah. it's, it's it comes back to the. I'm not going to talk about too much racing again in the UK, but there we are. I think I wonder if it comes back to that. It's not possible to say, well, seven days later we'll run it because all of a sudden then you know there's 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 other races to be thinking about. Uh, the Caldwell dispersal. So this is the Browns, obviously announcing Caldwell, Caldwell Construction that, uh, with immediate effect, um, their, their horses will go to um, public auction the day after the, the the Dublin Racing Festival ends. I think that's Monday the 5th now, I think it is, of February. Um, Chester, their, their reasons uh, specifically being because of the uh, recent loss of, a, of a, a number of horses, both high-profile and, and not necessarily, has been too hard-hitting on their family. It's a young family, a family with young children, and it's it's... Essentially, been too painful for them. I guess you know their honesty is pretty candid. It's it, it, but for
3: the sport, yeah, I thought I, I've had it quite striking to hear. I've had it. It's hugely sad for the sport. It's yeah. I mean, there are plenty of people that owners that leave racing all the time. But actually, it's off, very rarely sort of put forward as the the loss of a certain number of horses. And the rest of the horses, high-profile ones for them in particular, has been the reason. And I can see, you know, sometimes if it gets to the point where you're watching a race and all your all your thing is, I hope it comes back safe, and you can't enjoy it, and actually it becomes a stress. At that point, I'm not really sure. There's, there's, you should be owning horses, and I know they've got a young family. There aren't that many owners that have young families. Owners tend to be typically are older, and you no, know, it's it's just it's very hard-hitting, and they, I feel sorry that they have had. They have had a, a number of, of high-profile and good horses that they've lost. I mean, it won't—it
0: it might not necessarily be, be a final point for them, but I think particularly Harry, what came across was their, While well, there's young children. I guess the idea of, of explaining what is going on and it being hard hitting to the family is just not for them now. And you—you you, you have a young family. I guess you have to sympathise with that.
2: Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's—I mean, it, people get into race so and shit to enjoy, um, enjoy it. And as you say, it's obviously got to a stage where they're not getting that and and clearly so but i mean as you said i mean it is disappointing for the sport um as a whole to 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 see owners that have invested heavily in the sport just like that make a decision that it's just not for them anymore so um it is yeah uh but you've got to sympathize and respect obviously clearly respect how they feel and and they're they're obviously not getting the the enjoyment what they they hope to get out of it
0: Mm. uh you can have 15 seconds on it lee if you'd like
1: Yeah, it's desperately sad. I mean, we're going to have um, Andy Edwards in the studio, Tom, soon, and he is, again, a great example of an owner who invests himself incredibly emotionally into his horses. He would completely empathise with the the Browns' situation. Um, It's very sad, but I can understand why, if if they're finding it too traumatic, then it's not something that they um, should be involved with at the moment, it does mean, however, that there are 29 horses going for public auction and some really mm. high quality, high class horses who will be selling for a lot of money. Now, Gordon Elliott will want to keep the majority of those in his string, having done all the hard work with them up to now, but I'm sure there'll be others uh, who will be, who'll be keen to do a bit of shopping on uh, Monday week.
0: Yeah. Uh, Blue Rose Sen. Uh, Lee, I'm going to let you major on this. I wasn't aware of the, the fact that she's changed hands, so take it away. sir. So. Well,
1: this, this, Tom, is an enormous head-scratcher. So, Blue Rose Sen, um, who was um, one of 2023 and 2022's best fillies, dual classic winner, won the Prix de l'Opera uh, last season for trainer Christopher Head. It was announced during the week... That her owners, uh, who race on the name of uh, Yagada Centurion, a Spanish gentleman, Leopoldo Fernandez Pujals, um, has decided uh, to move Blue Rose Sen from the yard of Christopher Head to the Shanti yard of Maurizio Guanieri, a gentleman who I admit I, I know nothing um, about. He was a completely a new name to me. Um, seems strange in itself moving a filly who's won four group ones for you from a a, a well-known uh, high-profile trainer to someone who has less of a profile. Um, even stranger in the sense that the owners have kept 22 horses with Christopher Head including Big Rock who was mm. so impressive in the Queen Elizabeth II stakes.
0: So I assume Big Rock was going. I assume they were all going.
1: No so the, 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 there hasn't ostensibly been a fallout in that you presumably don't keep 22 horses with a trainer who you've had fireworks with and don't disagree with, mm. but they've now sent 10 horses to uh, Guarnieri who was a, a former Italian trainer now based in France. Uh, lots of impeccably bred juveniles but also Blue Rose scent, and it is a bit puzzling as to as to why you would do that and of course owners have the prerogative to do anything they want. Um, these owners have been particularly successful in a short space of time. But if you're Christopher Head, you're probably thinking, what on earth is going on here? And why have you done temp- that to
0: me? It's been a temptation, Chester, to say, if you take taken that one, you can take the rest of them.
1: Well, I, mean, I... It, I think, I mean,
3: Harry will know that actually it just shows how difficult life as a trainer is keeping people happy. Obviously, there must be some reason for this to happen, but, I mean, it's, 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 very, it's very odd. But, I mean... A trainer's life and keeping all the owners happy and keeping the horse in the yard is not at all easy. What's the secret? <laughs> winning. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, well, Blue Rose 10 winning wasn't no, enough. It's no, no, well, not always winning even does the job. Uh, Inspiral won an Eclipse Award and um, you know, the, the
0: team at Cheveley Park, Lee, would have been absolutely delighted with that. Off the back of... I mean, the, oh, there was such good racing at the, at the yeah. Breeders' Cup. Um and it, you know, it's obviously voted for by the Americans. Um, and Nick Luck. And Nick Luck. Yeah. Is he the only? he non- can't be the only no, one. No, can't
1: be the only but one. But he's, you know, esteemed. Yeah.
0: Quite. Of the he's trip. big out there.
1: Absolutely, he's he so, there this weekend.
0: And actually, I know that he, you know, he voted for. I know, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people will have done for, for the obvious reason because of, of that performance. Yes. And we're going to get to see her next
1: year. Yeah. Um, it's far from uh, unprecedented for a European racehorse to win an Eclipse Award, but it's still a notable achievement. Hewitt, last year, got the top jumper. Uh, in this year, the top female uh, turf performer. Um, Nick would be, I'll tell you this, better than I would do, but he said it's very rare for a European to come in and win an Eclipse Award off the back of a single performance in the States. But It's a reflection of how impressive she was there, and it's a reflection of how important the Eclipse Awards are to American racing that patricia thompson and her son richard both went out mm. um, to florida to receive the award um, great news again that she's staying in training um, you know they, they certainly didn't need to keep her in training at the age of five but they are doing and she'll be ambitiously campaigned again and of course we'll have that debate get, getting going probably in the spring yeah uh, you know where i'm going now don't you
0: will, will it will, yeah well there'll be two things when will Go we on. see her yeah because That's she not te- the main one, though. No, it's not. No. But because she tends to, you know, it might be Royal Ascot. It, it can be. No, yeah. yeah. You know, whether or not she'll go for a lock in May, I don't know. Because as P- Patricia Thompson says, it's when she's ready, she'll tell
1: Absolutely, us.
0: Absolutely, yes. But what's going to be her best distance?
1: That's not what I was thinking. Oh, what were you thinking? What I was thinking was who will ride her in oh, the. Oh, that States? one. There's a certain jockey. Uh, who, go on. Who was yeah. at the Eclipse Awards. Uh, yeah. Who has yeah. now finished in Britain. Has he? Apparently. Yeah. Apparently, but who would be an obvious contender to ride in spiral in the Queen Anne Stakes. Imagine that. Imagine that.
0: There would be there would be scenes. Um, yeah, good good point. You yeah. should be a journalist. <laughs> no, <laughs> Very no, good. No, no. You would get all the There's all no the, future <laughs> in it now. All the big no, no, no. headlines. No, no. <laughs> there we are, that's it for this week's talking points. Luck on Sunday, brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world.